Well, coming up this half hour, we are going to open the phone lines once again to find out how you are doing as we enter into another week of working from home for many, not working for many others, social isolation for all of us, and social distancing, physical distancing, if you are still going out and if you're making those essential trips to the grocery store, pharmacy, or what have you. But first, let's take a look at exactly how COVID-19 is having an impact on us psychologically. And that is the subject of a new poll done by Ipsos Public Affairs. And CEO Daryl Bricker joins us on the line now. Uh, Daryl, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure, Jill. Thanks for having me on. So you asked people exactly kind of how they're dealing with social isolation and the effects of being isolated. What was the, the big takeaway from this? Well, the first thing is they are actually concerned about other people more than they're concerned about themselves at the moment, particularly if people are uh, vulnerable or weak. And this is coincidental with other things that we've been seeing in the the research, which is that people don't feel that this disease is having the same effect on them as it's having on other people. So we start off from there, but then after that, we get uh, very concerned about uh, about, uh, getting back to our our regular life. We're getting impatient to get back to our regular life. And it's not just Canadians, it's people uh, all over the world. Hmm. Which isn't a huge surprise, I imagine, in that people don't like change at the best of times, let alone when you're forced into it. Yeah, and and when we talk to some uh, social psychologists and behavioral uh, researchers about this, 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 you know, getting knocked out of your routine is disconcerting for people and stressful for people. So the desire to get back to their normal life is um, is definitely there. But there's also an economic rationality that goes along with it. And, and the reason is because people don't necessarily feel that the disease is going to affect them personally other than through financial um, financial impacts. So people want to get back to their day-to-day life uh, also because they want to get back to their jobs. Right, which I found interesting in the findings because when you ask people to if they were anxious about their health or concerned about their health, that one didn't rank as high as the, the being impatient to get back to normal life, which I think health officials would prefer if we were a little bit more concerned about our health as well when it comes to taking all of the measures to stop this thing. Yeah, and the reason for that is because the numbers in Canada, I mean, you know, a health expert would probably say they're very large, but, you know, within a, within a population of 38 million people, they're not really that large in the sense that you don't you probably don't know somebody who has been seriously affected by the disease. You might know somebody who has COVID, but probably pretty unlikely uh, uh, that, that you, uh, you're confronting anybody in your day-to-day life who does. Uh, but you know everybody, and probably including yourself, who's staying at home now because it's over 75% of Canadians now say they are staying home. And the impact on, on you in terms of uh, your ability to work and earn a living has been significant. So even if you haven't been affected by the disease, and even if you don't know anybody who's been affected by the disease, you certainly feel the effects of it in terms of your own income and your ability to work. Uh, indeed, that is uh, shows in the numbers for sure. Uh, spending time with family, I've been seeing on social media uh, people saying uh, they've been eating better at home, they've been spending more time with family, It's they've been reconnecting. I mean, I'm sure there are others who are, are going a little bit stir-crazy doing that as well. But how did how did the numbers come in when it came with that, that extra time people now have with family members? Oh, well, when it, when it comes to uh, staying at home with your family, yeah, people are not too bad about that, but it, it's, not as, uh, it's not as strong as you would think. It's just about 30%. And actually, uh, not everybody's enjoying it. 
is the other part uh, that, that we notice too, uh, is that it's, it's also creating stress in the household as well. So, you know, this, there will be always somebody on Facebook or Twitter or whatever who's, who's going to be talking about what a wonderful time this is to reconnect or what a great time it is to learn a new skill like a, maybe a new musical instrument. That's not how people are feeling these days. They're stressed. They want to get back to their day-to-day lives. Um, you know, some people may be able to find a, a silver lining uh, in this cloud, but for most people, it's a pretty dark cloud. Uh, and I would agree with that. Even the open lines that we've been doing last week, a gentleman called in and said, oh, it's great. I'm doing some work around the house. I'm, I'm doing this. And I said to him, well, you must not be financially worried about it then, or you're financially you're okay. And he said, yeah, I've squirreled away money. I'm fine, which I think makes a huge difference compared to the very the hundreds of thousands of people that flocked onto the government help website today who aren't in that position. Yeah, and that shows you. Uh, I think uh, the last I saw was two hundred fifty thousand. It's probably more by, more than that by now. But wait, just think about it, Jill. In the last two weeks, we've had two million people apply for employment insurance. Yeah, two, two million. That's a, that's an incredible number. So no, there are not a lot of people at home, you know, valuing this wonderful time that they find with their with their families and and and, and uh, their hobbies. Uh, there's an awful lot of people who are sitting at home anxious to get their lives back and particularly anxious to get their their jobs and their incomes back. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect as well between what we're doing and what the advice has been as far as the recommendations at this point for physical distancing, if you do go out to stay home, if you can. Uh, did you ask people about the restrictions, whether or not uh, people uh, think that they're enough too much or if they don't like them or like them? Well, they, um, they don't mind them. Uh, in, in fact, there's strong support for everything that has to do with social distancing and, and increasing support for everything that has to do with social distancing. Because the belief among the public is, is if we get this right, then we can get back to our regular lives. And the interesting thing is that people don't feel it as something that needs to be done to protect them. It's something to, that needs to be done for everybody else. In other words, it's the idea is that if we can, I'm doing the right things, if everybody else would just do the right things, then we'd be able to get our lives back on track. So the, uh, the, the, the message on the social distancing that's coming out from governments uh, tends to be a little off, uh, off kilter in the sense that it's really about, you know, you need to protect yourself and you need to protect your neighbors from this health effect. Really, probably what would be a more effective message from governments would be to say, look, if we want to get back on track, you want to get back to work, we want to get our, our, our province or our city or our community back on track, you need to do these kinds of things rather than saying, hey, you're going to save a life. Even though there's a lot of people who believe that we need to do that too. It's this, it's this, this being locked down and, and uh, being put in a situation where we can't earn a living and which our livelihood is imperiled that's really created the, 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 uh, the deep concern around the country. And that does seem like an interesting one too because even today with the, bit of the change from uh, the Canadian, uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, our Canadian health officer, saying, well, actually, if you wear a homemade mask, it's not going to protect you. But if you are an asymptomatic carrier or if you're out there, it will protect other people. And, and that's really the, what was put out to people where I, I still think there was there are probably people who think that that would that would protect them and that they're, they're doing it for that reason, not that they're they're wearing that mask to protect others. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting twist that they decided to put on it. I, I don't know that it was a necessary twist. Uh, there, there are things that come out of government sometimes where I sort of scratch my head and I say, do, do you really actually understand how people are perceiving what you're saying? If she would have just said, yeah, sure, wear a mask. 
If you think uh, making a homemade, uh, wearing a homemade mask makes you feel more comfortable, then you should do that. Why they had to add the tack on on the, on the end of it to say all you're doing is because maybe you're infected, you're going to protect somebody else. Does it really matter? Mm. Does it really matter? I mean, they should have just said, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, just wear a mask. Uh, interesting findings. Uh, we will leave it there. Daryl Bricker, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Joe. Daryl Bricker is the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. So we are going to take your calls on this, entering another week for many people working at home, many others trying to figure out when their next paycheck will come. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.